Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, September 23, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Pretty interesting day out here today. Let's get right into the daily chart. We have a failure on our hands. So they filled the gap and that was it. They couldn't get any higher. So let's take the market as it is, as it's presented to us. The first thing we like to do is handle what jumps off the page on the daily chart. What jumps off the page on the daily chart? The first and foremost thing is the meltdown candle from today. So we're going to read this one of two ways. The first way is it's a retest or a test of double bottom from Monday. They're going to have a fake out operation. They're going to reverse and go higher again. Is that the likely or the less likely scenario based on A, today's market activity, B, the closing prices of today, and C, the look on the chart a la hashtag reading the tape. It is the less likely scenario. We know anything goes, but here's the likely scenario. We have a failure. We've come close, but did not hit the 100 period moving average. Is the 100 period moving average at this point in time the same type of support would it have been had it been hit on Monday? And the answer is no, it isn't. So the question becomes, what is the potential downside before the next major area of support? We can go back while in time, and we had a number of 318.92. The significance of that number is that it was a gap that was never filled. Therefore, we're going to look at it one of two ways. And if you go back to the videos from this point in time, and the gap we're referring to is right here from the 14th of July. When the market revisits this area, they're either going to fill the gap and that's going to be it, or they're going to blow right through it and that's that. Let's look a little bit further at what we have on the 14th of July. So the market was going sideways and it began to scale down that day. It looked like it was going into the abyss. It reversed, finished near the highs, and took off from there. So we're going to call that a breakout area. We had another breakout area or zone, 326.52 to 323.41. That was already met. We had a nice healthy bounce off that area. Now we have a failure. That area is no longer important like it once was. Based on the close today, we have to look for a new area of support. Right now, the first area that jumps off the page is 318.92. Now, we just got finished discussing the fact that the 100 period moving average isn't necessarily the same as it was two days ago. So what do we do with this information? Right now, it's awareness type stuff. Now the chart's starting to look like a prison cell if you're laying on your side. Let's get it cleaned up a little bit. We don't need the resistance right now up above. So now... What's the 314.35 represent? It represents the spot. If they spike through 318.92 and it looks like they're going into the abyss, 314.35 should be intraday support at a minimum. Are we saying that these prices are going to be reached bar none? No, that's not what we're saying. Again, remember, scenario number one is could be a fake out. They could turn around and go back up tomorrow morning. What we're saying is... The high probability deal, 
That's what this is. This is based on probabilities, meaning this business. So if reached, 318.92 isn't the number. It's not the three hands number. But 314.35 from an intraday perspective sooner than later. We're not talking about two weeks from now. We're not talking about if they eat five days worth of time off the clock. We're talking about this week, that kind of thing. If that number is reached this week, there is a high probability that you get a reaction in the other direction from 314.35, give or take. As far as that candle goes from the 14th of July, we'll leave you with this. Even though that candle, that day, is basically in the middle of nowhere after the market was going sideways for some time, I'm looking at that candle as a reversal candle. Why is that? Because that was the last day the market made a low, it took off, it never looked back, it kind of checked in once or twice, but never filled that gap. That day is important, that candle is important, these numbers are important. Here's a 15-minute chart. Now, here's what I wanted to point out. 323.41 was one of those two numbers. It was the bottom end of the zone that I was most focused on from that quote-unquote breakout area perspective. Now, at the end of the day today, basically in the last hour of the day, you can see what happened around that number. The market refused to close 15-minute candles below that number until the last one of the trading day. To me, the way I look at this is this was an attempt at the end of the day to really fight off the last line of defense from the last breakout area before they had to go visit something else. So 323.41 was the number, and you can see it took about 45 minutes to an hour where they really fought that number off, but the bulls lost the battle, the bears won, they closed below it, which opens the door for lower numbers. From a technical perspective, you could say that double bottom, the double bottom area from Monday really is the last line of defense, and that's fine. But my numbers are important to me, so I'm just using that number. And I watched at the end of the day where you can see clearly they fought off that number until they couldn't any longer. They refused to close a 15-minute candle below that number. That stands for something. I have to say I was mesmerized at the end of the day watching the chart around this number. For me, at times, watching the market treat an important number. A, it confirms the fact that it was or is an important number. It was, in fact, an important number. But also, it's like a therapy for me. It's how I learned over the years by literally staring at the charts, staring at the charts after the close, all kinds of charts, all time frames, but also staring at the charts while they trade watching how they trade, which is where I came up with all this stuff. As we know, I'm 100% bonkers. So in reality, I should be seeing a therapist, but the reality is I'm not allowed to see a therapist. If I went to see a shrink, there's a 100% chance that the shrink would need a shrink. So therefore, watching the market is my therapy. Let me go through for a couple of moments exactly what I was watching. I'm just going to kind of do a data dump right out of my mind. You know it's a dangerous place to be, but I think there's a couple of teachable moments. There's a lot of stuff right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. Let me just walk through some stuff. 
So here's a 15-minute chart, and I'm looking for closes, 15-minute closes, for example, below that number. That would give me a pretty good clue that they're going to go lower, whether it's into the end of the day or further into tomorrow and beyond is a different story. It was already at the end of the day, but the point is I'm watching for the close, but I'm also watching other time frames. Five-minute chart, they're making a bearish, flaggish kind of pattern. They are closing some five-minute candles below the number. They're back above, but you can't get any real read on a five-minute chart, so we go on. Ten-minute chart, they are closing below. They are making another bearish, flaggish kind of pattern. So that's another piece of evidence that it's not all that great. They are looking like they're going to go lower. It is a meltdown. They might as well melt down into the end of the day. It's already melted down and dripped lower all day long in a very controlled meltdown format. There was no real conviction either way all day. It was just a melt-slash-drip-down. Now we're back on the 15-minute chart, and remember, there was no closes below, and I'm also watching the volume, so think about what's happening before the end of the day occurred. So we have a nice tail candle, and we have the highest volume candle of the day. The other large candle on the screen over here is from yesterday. That's the last candle of yesterday, similar to the last candle of today, but that didn't occur yet, so here's what I'm watching. I'm watching a pickup in volume, a tail, a positive candle... And the thought is they're going to defend, they're going to play defense, goal line defense around 323.41. Let's see what happens in the next several minutes. So time goes on. Now they do a retrace, but they come back up to close back above. Looks pretty good. They had good volume, but not increased over the previous candle's volume, which was the positive candle. So still building a case for higher prices. Right now, technically speaking, as long as they don't take out the tail low, they're going to trade higher. Time marches on. Next candle again. Dips below, not too much. Closes back above. Still playing goal line defense around 323.41. Now, mind you, before they killed him into the close, there was also something else that caught my eye. Here's a 30-minute chart. We don't look at this all that often, but I look at all time frames all the time. And here, we have another situation where we have a little bit of a tail, and we have a 30-minute candle that ran down but also closed back above 323.41. Again, the longer the time frame, the more evidence begins being built that they're going to defend 323.41. The problem is you're running out of time. They can kill them into the close. They can rally them into the close, have a jam session. Anything goes into the close. So it's not like I was prepared to do anything or say anything relative to doing anything. I'm just watching. I'm trying to learn. And what I'm doing now is giving you the benefit of what I was thinking so that you can watch the charts in the future. Take what I'm saying here. Watch the charts in the future and have a similar or same experience where you're watching important stuff around important numbers and you're learning something, watching the market develop as time goes on here's the ultimate awareness that we always know nothing works 100% of the time we're in the probabilities business also it's the risk business so if in fact and this is just an aside if we're going to take a trade based on information that we see on the chart that is like a full stack for example when we see things stack up it's an important price it's an important price on time right out of the course lazy e-mini trader we're going to talk about that next You begin to see things that 
wind up to be what I like to call a full stack. The more reasons you get that things should be shifting, changing, whether it's a change in character, whether it's a support area, whether it's a resistance area, either way, when you get that full stack, a bunch of reasons all supporting the same concept, that's when the probabilities are shifting in your favor. Again, nothing's 100%, but there are trades that you will take 100 out of 100 times even with the complete understanding that there's no way you're going to win 100 out of 100 times. But the only way that you can achieve the type of statistics like winning 80 or 85 or 83% of the time is to take those trades that set up correctly 100 out of 100 times. That's the way your win rate is what it is. When you start cherry picking, you blow the whole statistical thing out of the water. Let's take a look at inside the numbers. Because of the meltdown slash drip away operation, there really wasn't a lot of sink your teeth into stuff. There was some, but what I'm going to do is run through the commentary. You can pause it, check out the commentary, and then go back to the charts and see what happened. Regardless of what type of day it was, you can see whether or not the numbers were valid. So for example, if I put a number on the board and the market bounces off the number, but it has somewhat of a paltry bounce and then keeps going lower. doesn't mean the number is not important. It just means the market has a different destination in mind. And at the end of the day, we can all see what happened. It was just a slow grind lower slash meltdown. So as opposed to the way we finished the day, it was a wake up green kind of day. We were flirting with the gap. That's the gap all the way up north from yesterday. So here we go, moving along a little bit, the early thoughts. Opening below the gap is not necessarily bearish, but opening above the gap would have been bullish. We had some numbers on the board up north, 330, all the way up to 335. We discussed them last night. We certainly don't need to discuss them any further now. Not likely they're going to race up there, but they certainly were on the board early in the morning with a different look on the tape. Moving right along. What's the early number they need to get through? How about 331.25? Opening above or below is a very early tell. Back to, you know the routine. Here's a 15-minute chart. 331.25 is this horizontal line. And guess what? Look at the high of day. High of day is 331.20. Maybe I had the wrong number. Maybe they missed the number by a nickel. Either way, that's debatable. Pretty interesting nonetheless. That number was from sub the market open this morning who knew let's see what else we've got here we are at 941 already again 331.25 should represent some overhead resistance we know about that so what i'm going to do is scroll up pause the video read the notes go back to the charts see what happened see if you think this information can benefit you either way whether today was a stellar day or today was a day when it was mostly a spectator sport what you'll notice when you go back to the charts and use a short-term chart for today for sure but the numbers still worked even if it's for a short or a flash in the pan a short period of time there was a grip to the downside today that was really not overcome at all by the bulls but it wasn't a hard sell the volume wasn't tremendous it wasn't a crap your pants kind of day by any means it was just a meltdown slash slow drip little bit odd to say the least here's a number for example 325 and if below 325 opens the door for 324.40 to 324 
Here's a five-minute chart. You could see they paused at 325 just for a few minutes, then gave it up. Here's the 324. You can see they paused there, then gave it up, and certainly after that became overhead resistance. And then into the end of the day, as we know, anything goes. And then you can see down here, remember, 323.41. And also, we know we just discussed how they really did fight that number for a good 45 minutes to an hour before giving up the ghost. How about stocks on the move? We'll take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. We had Tesla on the board, SQM, KBH, all those three hit their numbers. Stitch Fix did not, INO did, ALB, and VIRT. Net net, six out of seven hit their numbers. Let's go take a look at the charts, see what we can learn. First one up, Tesla. On the board at 380.77 early, pretty far away from price before the opening bell. Remember, these are numbers that I am willing to participate in the stock. If you don't see a number higher, it's because I can't find anything that I'm willing to deploy my own capital with. With Tesla, they came kind of close, had a really nice bounce away. So the low here, 383, about two and a half, three bucks away. You have to look at it like this. On a $380 stock, three bucks, two and a half bucks, two bucks, it's too close. If a stock comes close enough and you're not sure whether it's too close, ask yourself this question. Do I think it's too close? And if you're not sure, pass on the trade. That's the litmus test. Because here's the deal. It had a bounce that made a high of 394. You're looking at an $11 bounce from the recent low that it made over here. That was more than enough for the trade. So when it comes back down, it's not the same trade. Here you can see they made a low of 381.10 and then they bounced away again. They finally came into the number and it worked anyway, but it's too late in the day and they already really negated the trade. It's not the same trade anymore. The reason I went over that in detail because I got enough questions late in the day on Tesla with traders wanting to know whether or not it was still good. So I figured I would go over it in detail my reasoning why I felt it was off the table. How about SQM? Very similar situation. Look how low it came here. 29.11, bounced away, came back into it. It worked anyway, but it's not the same trade. So this one was technically off the table. The takeaway is you can see the importance of the number. The number was important, just didn't work. Why didn't it work? Why didn't it come in, bounce away? I can't tell you why it missed by a few pennies other than the fact that it was some front runners. The market, the major indices were getting smoked. They were getting taken behind the woodshed, shot three times. Very difficult for stocks to get significant rallies or bounces when the drag is on the overall market. KB Home, this one worked, came into the number, had a bounce, beat around the number for a while, had a better bounce. I'm not suggesting traders stayed in the whole time. I'm just saying the number worked, never was stopped out, didn't even get to the second number until the end of the day. And by the way, that number technically still worked. Again, same story at the end of the day, the drag is on the overall market. The takeaway is the numbers still work. This one gave the minimum base hit kind of deal, making a high of 38.54 here, came back down and then made a higher high and then went back down to the second number. So technically it worked. INO. Now this one was more of what we're looking for. 
15.44 put on the board bright and early. You could see what happened. Market came into it. Took a little bit of time to get going. But look at the high later on. 16.90. That's a big deal on a $15.50 pickup. ALB, similar situation. Comes close, bounces away, comes in, actually does give the minimum deal around that 1% we're looking for, hangs around that number, comes into the second number, melts away along with the market. Again, with a grip on the market to the downside, very difficult for these stocks as the day wears on. If they're not coming into a number from far away, then it's very difficult for them to get that type of reaction in the other direction we're looking for. Why is it that you get a better reaction in the other direction from afar? The answer is, think about it like this. You're holding a tennis ball down around your knee. You drop it on the ground. Takes a couple of bounces, then it peters out. It's not coming from afar. It's coming from close to the number or close to the ground or the support area. What happens if you drop it from your head? Has a bigger bounce, then it has another bounce and another one, then it peters out. What happens if you drop it from, let's say, 15, 20 feet away? The bounce is bigger. You get the point, V-I-R-T, Shitburger Central. 1030 candle closes, closes at 24.31, the trade is over. Here's a five-minute chart. You can see what happened. What happened was the number was simply wrong. That's why we use stops. We move on. How about Camp IWM? Check this close out closes very poorly below the convergence of the 100 period and 200 period moving average. We discussed these moving averages before. There's lower prices coming for the IWM. The next obvious area, there's a gap at 141.83. That should be a spot under normal garden variety market conditions where the IWM finds support. This is a daily chart. This is a daily chart gap intraday they can certainly visit some lower numbers but traditionally closing a day below this gap on the first run down is not the norm if it does happen it's bearish but it's not the norm that goes for coming into it on somewhat of a straight shot also not necessarily if they're hovering over it eating time off the clock day after day then that concept gets wiped off the table The RSP, our equal weight index, on par, down on par today with the SPY. We don't find that all that much, but today it was. Into a convergence, and because it looks very similar to the IWM, we have that same gap right here. The price is 103.24. Again, intraday may see lower numbers, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 103, give or take, we should find garden variety chart support. There's a number for you, 102. A little bit lower than we just discussed. That's my number. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Third day in a row below the 20-period moving average, making a bearish, flaggish kind of pattern. What's on the docket? How about the 50-period moving average on the docket? How about a gap at 10,576? These are important numbers. We'll likely find support somewhere in between 10,715, give or take, the 50-period moving average and the gap. Got a lot of emails today about the XLF, and if, in fact, I'm still interested with all three hands at $23. And the answer is, yes, I am. You have to understand, again, it's a daily chart price. Intraday, they can go lower. What's your nearby safety net based on this daily chart? 
How about this breakup candle? Where's the low? The low is $22.67. Between $22.67 and $23, I will be stepping in to the XLF. What happens? What's the safety net? What happens if they close the day below $22.67? Where's the next spot? About $22. $21.99 to be exact. This is the risk business. There are certain times when it won't look like it, but where based on the work that traders do, based on the work that analysts do, they're willing to step in and put on risk regardless of what the tape looks like because the numbers have to work. They're not going to work all the time, but this is one of those times between 23 and 22.67, I'm willing to put on risk. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm going to do it. about Smash Mouth? What do we got going over here? Well, check this out. Can't help but notice this. We got a down move, and then we have a bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of thing. Now, they've been doing this, okay, but you can see what's going on here. Once they take out the bottom end of this channel, what's the target? Now, I don't know if they're going to get down there, but that's the spot. That is your breakout area. There's a gap down there. This is the spot where the market or the SMH ran up to was slightly rejected from, tried it again, slight rejecting, busted through, gapped higher, and went. So it's a gap and go. They never looked back. And here they come, coming down, making a bearish, wedgish kind of pattern, right? It's a flag pattern. If this plays out to the downside, A, you have some market symmetry. B, you're retracing right to a former breakout area. The market is telling us that's the spot. It's not my spot. It's the market spot. Give or take, 153 and change is the spot. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense market analysis.